It's Christian, and uh, welcome back. My call signs K0STH. Steve is here, W7UDI. We're talking about Winter Field Day operating out in the cold. It is some things. Right now I've got a heater on, you know, but many people like to get out there and do this. They operate. They, they enjoy doing it. So I invited a friend who I know is always out. He's always in the cold, and cold is relative because to, to guys like this, you know, maybe it's not so cold. For me, I've got a heater on my feet right now because it's cold in here. Okay. Uh, let me bring our friend up from Wisconsin. You'll recognize this guy hey, from Michael. the YouTube channel. He's one hey, of the big good morning. kids. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you well. How are you, Michael? All right. I, I, uh, I, this is uh, Michael, kb 9 BBR live and direct from Rib Mountain State Park, K1473. I don't know if you caught that little Max Headroom reference there, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> just want to tell you he's out he's out there doing it uh he's a correspondent now and i've got to pay him so steve i need a little advance for this okay. week because we've got to get michael you can kind of see behind me here um this is a ski hill an active ski hill so people are having a lot of fun out here today because it's beautiful it's uh 25 degrees nice. and uh calm winds we got a little bit of fog up here we're about 600 feet above um average terrain uh i think uh rib mountain is uh, 1923 feet tall and uh mean elevation of the wasa area north central wisconsin is about 1200 feet so that just kind of give you a little bit of a perspective of uh where i'm at and um you know what what the elevation is now cold is all relative right cold is <laughs> cold is where you are you know you you kind of you're out in it quite a bit and in summertime, you're activating parks. You yes. like to go portable. Um, maybe you can answer some of the questions for us who are not as, um, I'm totally interested. You know, I love portable operations. When the cold comes, sometimes in October, we do our fallout and kind of pack it up. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm starting to get to that point where I'd like to do this winter field day and do like what you're doing. I believe you're out there kind of scouting. You guys are figuring out your situation for this year's uh, winter field day if you're going to participate. Yep. What are some of the things that you think about between summertime portable operations and what you do in the wintertime? And maybe specifically, of course, we know you'd add layers and that kind of thing. But how about your equipment? How does that react differently? Um, the, one of the things to really consider in when, you, when, you, when you're working in a cold weather environment is, well, well number one is going to be battery life uh, because batteries are always affected by cold weather. So... You know, be aware that um, a battery that's going to run fine at 75, 80 degrees will have reduced um, capacity uh, when you get below the freezing point. So that's with and that's and that's with all battery chemistries. You know, some will uh, deal differently with the, with the temperature and but um, you know, and may have more capacity than others. But that's that's one thing to consider. And then the next thing to consider is if you're going to be operating in a cold weather environment is to let your equipment acclimate to the cold weather environment. Uh, going from warm to cold is not so bad, but um, bringing something that's cold into a warm spot, what's instantly going to happen is all of the moisture is going to condense on it. And uh, you got to... and. Um, Turning on that equipment too soon, you know, when you bring it from a cold environment into a warm space, you know, you could you could run a risk of, of, of some damage. So, 
you know, be, you know, let your equipment sort of acclimate from the cold into the warm if you're kind of going in that direction. Going from the warm to cold is not so much of a problem because you're not going to have that that condensation, but going the other way. You know, and some one of the things you can do is uh, maybe leave it in a plastic bag as it, until it warms up to keep the dew from uh, collecting inside of it or keep it in its case or whatnot. But just be aware of that. Um, those, those temperature variations that are going to, they're going to cause it, cause an issue. Do you pack differently uh, between say summer activations or fall activations compared to what are your other considerations for packing what you need? Because you don't just play around locally. You'll take off and go an hour at more uh -huh. out of your way or up North even more. So is your packing change at all? It's, you know, my choice of equipment's going to change. You know, I'm still probably going to use the same transceiver as I always, as, as I usually do. But I'll think about antennas and how I want to deploy the antennas. Like for today, after we get done chatting, I'm going to go on the air and do a little bit of, of parks on the air. But I didn't, I don't want to spend a lot of time outdoors um, setting up the equipment. You know, number one is, you know, your hands will get, get, get cold. So, you know, I'm not going to string the big dipole antenna up or 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 anything like that so what i decided to do for this particular activation is i'm going to the car um i've got one of these um ham sticks set up just on a magnet mount and um that antenna you know it it goes up quick it's already pre-tuned for the band they're single band antennas but you can um put them you know you can put them up quick you can take them down quick and you don't you don't have to spend a whole lot of time you know inside the vehicle or inside the um you know whatever whatever kind of what what you're doing to kind of stay um warm and out of the elements i'm gonna i'm gonna turn it over to steve see if he has any questions for you out there in a second but let me ask you um there's snow clearly behind you it's gorgeous where you are it's so beautiful <laughs> oh and this, you, is, this is nice yeah and see you it's nice to some this may make them nervous what makes you nervous and may change your mind for not activating um you know it's it's the weather and i you know i think it's um you know when my kids were younger and they were in in boy scouts you know we'd always say that there's no such thing as bad weather only bad clothing so you know if you're properly prepared for the elements and um of course you know i've, I've got on um a lot of layers here and i can zip and unzip to, to keep myself you know keep your body temperature uh, sort of regulate it. But, um, you know, I, I think if it's too cold out, you know, it's, you you, you got to ask yourself, you know, do you really want to be out here, <laughs> you know, in the, in, in, in the cold and whatnot. Um, if you're operating indoors and you can, and you only need to be outside long enough to get the antenna up, hey, you know, it's then five, you know, 10 below weather doesn't really bother me a whole lot. Uh, if I'm outdoors all day, say like, um, you know, our, our amateur radio club usually assists with a, um, a Nordic ski event every winter, you know, and you'll be outside for eight out, you know, six, eight hours uh, along along the course. And then you really got to, you know, it's you got to you got to be sort of prepared, you know, mentally prepared and, and, and physically so that you can stay out there for the for the long haul. Steve, you have any questions for uh, Michael? Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, you brought up batteries and stuff. So based on your experience, uh, what uh, batteries have you found that uh, 
seems to work the best in in the cold environment you know, whether it's a lead acid battery sealed or the lipos uh and nickel cat what what have you uh it come across what works the best for you um in your environment there yes you know historically i found that the lithium batteries usually perform pretty well uh -huh. uh, lead acid batteries not so much you know as they get they they tend to lose capacity pretty quick as as things kind of get cold um you know with the with the little handheld radios uh what i've done to extend the battery life in, in cold weather is to just take one of those um hand warmers and mm -hmm. uh rubber band it to the back of your of your radio and <laughs> that keeps your battery really toasty warm and it'll it'll run all day and i've done that you know i've done that for years with um nicads and um uh nickel metal hydride and lithium batteries so mm -hmm. but um yeah lit i i think you know the the lithium chemistries are are pretty good and they seem to hold a charge decently in uh in in the cold weather the only downside with the lithium battery is that when it gets below 32 degrees is you can't charge it so they got to be brought back up to room temperature to recharge the battery right so and then the condensation uh, that yeah. you brought up as far as uh, going from the cold into the warm. Oh, yeah, I deal with that all the time uh, yeah. at work and stuff. And there's times I've uh, uh, I've pulled equipment out of my work truck and go into a site and take it out like a laptop, open it up and poof, there it is. It's oh, all yeah. <laughs> condensated. It's like, oh, I think I'll have to wait for uh, a while for before we uh, fire this off. Another and, cup of coffee or something like that. Yeah. yeah well, with our newer trucks, you know, we got 12 volt heaters for the back in the, in the, in, in the back. And then we're now dealing with extended cabs and uh, mm -hmm. we're able to keep uh, more sensitive equipment uh, uh, in the, in the cab and warmed up uh, while we're driving. It's just a little disconcerting when you pull out a $35,000 piece of test equipment and it's all condensated. It's like, Oh crap, I don't want to oh, turn it up. Yeah. I've had that happen to me for years with camera equipment too. It's, mm -hmm. uh, so, and lenses. that's a great point yeah. that you brought up. So, but yeah, the batteries is a big thing. Have you tried any of the uh, bio ener energy batteries? I th they're not lipo. There's some other uh, lithium are, ion. Lithi are they lithium ion? Their batteries? Yeah, the bio enos are all lithium iron phosphate. Okay, all right. Yeah, I thought they were something else, but uh, yeah. but that's a great point. So that's that's a great. Then would be a great battery to use in a winter field day or or outdoor uh, portable operation versus yeah. your lead acid batteries. I mean, it's just. I know they just they don't do well in the cold. No, no, they don't. They yeah, they'll they'll tank, you know, and, and you 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 probably notice that if if you if you're in a in um in a cold weather environment and it's below zero uh Fahrenheit and you try to start your car, you know, it's <laughs> those are you know those That's you a really enough, good point. Connecting yeah, those you, two you, things. You get, mm -hmm. Yeah, you got enough amperage to crank it a few times and you hope it turns over. So And then you got all your neighbors that are hooking up those battery tenders chargers <laughs> that they go down to like harbor freight and get for 20 bucks and oh, talk yeah. about tearing up the hf bands <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> because i did that too and it was like holy smokes i found that one out the hard way mm -hmm. and michael would you um of course we're we're in pandemic time and i think that you are sort of on the fence with operating with your sidekick joe there you guys yep. usually go up and i've teased about coming up there i really do want to come up there i want to uh, you're not super far from where Chris Farley, one of my comic heroes, is uh, buried. And I, I wanted to come up there and do a special event. And we've talked about 
getting together maybe for winter field day. And you guys are no joke. You get out there and I remember seeing your, one of your videos. Um, if you haven't checked out Michael's channel, do that. Uh, KB nine VBR antennas. Uh, he's one of the big kids, uh, in the, um, <laughs> in the landscape, I guess. Uh, but you guys, I see Joe out there. I mean, every exhale is full of, you just see it. No hat on. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, Whoa, these guys are hardcore. Yeah. Um, so you guys are deciding if you're going to do it uh, as a team again this year. Where do you stand on that? Are you still trying to put that together? I think you know it's we're kind of taking it. We're, we'll have to we'll have to make that decision as we get closer to the event because we do work. You know, he's he's got a friend that's got a cabin that's mm -hmm. um, off off grid, and uh, we typically we work out of that cabin. So it's you know we. We can heat it up. It stays nice and cozy in there. But yeah, the problem is, is that the two of us are now indoors and we have to, so we have to decide as we get closer to the date, well, are we, you know, have we been exposed to someone else? You know, are we, are we safe? You know, is it safe for us to um, stay, you know, be together in a, in a closed environment for 24 mm -hmm. hours without running, you know, running the risk of exposing the rest of our families. So it's, um, That's yeah, we're, we're going to have to make that decision as we get real close to the date. Otherwise, um, otherwise we may have to do something that's a little bit more socially distanced, I guess. And I know that um, I don't. You didn't come here for just this today. I know you want to get on the air and activate, <laughs> and it's cold where you are. Like you said, uh, what are your goals for field day? Even if you're operating alone, uh, you may have a different uh, goal set of goals when you're with Joe. Maybe you guys are just uh, there to have a good time and make some contacts. However, but. Do you set goals for yourself in terms of context? Do you look at, uh, I'll try some things on this antenna. Maybe I'll work on this one. Or is it just like two fellas getting together and let's just try the, the IPA? Is that what they're called, uh, Steve? The, the, <laughs> yes, want want yes. some good beer advice. I've gone yeah, to these exactly. guys for beer advice. Let's have some yeah. IPAs and spread it around and some stouts. and uh, Oh, yeah. Just have yeah, numbers. What are your goals? Uh, goals, you know, field day, be it, a, be it the summertime field day or the winter event is I am not a contester, so I'm not looking to rack up the points. And, uh, you know, historically, I, I've participated in field day, you know, since my since I was first licensed, you know, with our with our local club. And um, we've always been more of a casual operating kind of group. And, you know, we'll go out and set up the kitchen sink, everything in the kitchen sink and have fun for 24 hours and tear it all down. So, you know, my goals are kind, you know, it, it's more that, that casual operating kind of thing. You know, it's, I, I like to try something new. So, um, you know, if it's a new antenna or if it's a new mode or, 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 or something of that nature, um, that's, you know, that's, that's kind of the, the excitement for me is to make something different, you know, work in, in the field and just, you know, just, by you know setting up in a in a wild environment and having everything work and when it doesn't work trying to figure out why it doesn't work in a wild environment is you know satisfaction enough for me and which keeps me coming out every year for these these type of events it's also uh, good to have a friend who's an electrician i think yeah right? <laughs> you have a truck full of wire he's got to have lots of connectors yeah usually yeah he's, he's usually pretty well set on the tools so that's 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 the good thing you know, right if something on. does break. Otherwise, so what are you looking at? Yeah, baler twine and duct tape. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. So what are you looking at operating this year, if uh, for winter field day? What modes and uh, what bands are you uh, going to kind of concentrate on? Probably, my favorite band has always been 40 meters. So 
um, probably 40 and 20 in a day. And um, as the night wears on, we'll see, you know, what the noise floor looks like. We'll get down mm-hmm. to, to 75. Um, you know, it's we're kind of creeping out of the sunspot cycle. So we might, you know, if, if 10 or 15 is open, we'll, we'll be up there too. Uh, typically, you know, sideband, uh, my code's atrocious. So, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be on CW or not, uh, probably digital. It's, was, you know, my, you know, out in the wild, <laughs> I, I can I can do great on digital at home, but every time I every time I go out somewhere, I, I can never get the I can never get the dang things to work right. So uh, probably I'm probably going to be on you know forty twenty phone for sure. Well, what kind of issues are you running into, say with FT eight uh, out in the out in the field, uh, yeah. uh, not working? Well, uh, well FT eight now winter field day, you know, it, it, FT eight's not in allowed mode, but um, okay, I didn't. Yeah, realize. But yeah, but typically. Um, but, you know, for summer field day, you know, I'll, I'll use FT8. And a lot of times it's, I don't know if it's it's synchronization issues with my computer. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay. You know, it's a lot of times it, it always seems like the clock is off just enough to cause me cause me problems out there. Uh, you know, I've, everything else works. You know, I've, I've been able to get, I get, I can get the, you know, the 891 to talk to the signal link to talk to the computer. And that seems mm-hmm. to be always fine. But, you know, typically... With FT8, it seems to be synchronization issues. Other years, you know, it's we've had, you know, things not work at all. But um, yeah, we'll see. You know, maybe a little you know, gremlins. Yep. Yeah. If I if I feel if I feel lucky, um, I'll probably get PSK uh, PSK running. So there you go. Well, let us know where you land. If you if you want to, you can send me a message. Maybe I'll grab it and we can kind of post you up here while we're on the show. That'd be cool. But I'll I'll let you okay. have at it. I know it's cold. I appreciate your time and. And your flexibility with coming to do it. You're in a beautiful place. Have fun out there, Michael. And everybody oh, yeah. who is watching now or, or subscribes to our channel, check out Michael's channel, KB9, VBR, Antennas. And again, he's one of the big guys. He's been around for a while. He's got a lot of subscribers. <laughs> so, yeah, strap on a man pack and uh, put on some boards on your feet. And yeah, I want to see you down go downhill. Down Reporting <laughs> live. And operating on, I, and operating I on 20. I, I prefer the skinny skis. I do a lot of, there you I, go. I, I've done a lot of cross country in my past, but yeah, this downhill stuff scares, scares the dickens out of me. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, Michael. Have a good time right. out Thanks, there. Mike. Let us know where you are. We'll come and work you. We'll do. We'll do. All right. Seven, three. <laughs> That's a nice. good guy there. That's a that good so guy. Cool. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, man. It's um, nice of him to stop by. He's, you know, I was like, you want to come on and talk about it? And he was like, Oh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, I'm going to be doing it. I'm like, I figured you would be. I figured you would do it. Uh, we'll just uh, pause here briefly. We're going to pump the brakes, reset, and it's time for Steve and I. We've got a ton of questions to get to, uh, Steve. So give us a few seconds. I want to teach you guys how to use the 100 watts and a wire website to get your ID. Steve and I will come back next. If you're new to the 100 watts and a wire community, make sure you visit 100wattsandawire.com to get your 100-watt ID. Go to the Gathering tab, submit your name, call sign, and email address. In a few days, you'll be sequentially issued an ID. Then you can share it on the Sunday evening HF net, during operating events, and casual contacts. That's 100wattsandawire.com for your free 100-watt ID. And Roger that. It's Christian along with Steve. My call sign is Kilo Zero Sierra Tango Hotel. Steve is W7 
UDI and um, talking about winter field day operating out in the cold, some considerations you need to think about. Hopefully those um, will help you as you attempt to get out. I, I kind of feel like the hankering of wanting to get out there. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. And it's sort of like what is winning is the fact that it's super cold. My hands don't want to work for me as well out there uh, when it's this cold. But, you know, I kind of miss that portable thing. And this is an opportunity. Winter mm -hmm. field day is an opportunity. Every day is an opportunity to get out there and do it. But I think it's good to lay some foundational information uh, there, things to think about from mm -hmm. clothes to your batteries. That was a big one. Uh, but yeah. uh, thank you guys for adding your questions to the queue. And we got a bunch, Steve. Um, I wanted to know, do you want to revisit... Uh, we had a, a couple of weeks ago, Randall sent the question yeah, uh, about a little research on that one. Okay. Let's bring this up here. And it's, this is sort of a flashback where, it, you know, and listen, we may not have all the answers and we may have to go back. Uh, but a couple of weeks ago, we did a show featuring balance and onions. Uh, it may have even been last week. I don't know. Was, but the I question last week. Huh? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Time's slipping, slipping away. Randall asked about a wire dipole toroid suggestion. Mm -hmm. My confusion is the metal makeup. Uh, I have read that 31 is best, but others say 41. Some say 43. Cost isn't a concern. What uh, He wants to make sure that he has the right core. What did you find out, Steve? Well, I found that, uh, well, the difference between the various makeups or mixes is there's going to be two basic mixes. One's going to have a zinc uh makeup uh zinc uh what is it uh, i gotta refer to notes sure. here it's um uh it's a, a nickel zinc and then the other one is uh basically a mag magnesium magnesium zinc and um and they just uh it, it's the makeup of the toroid itself or the so that's where you come in with the mix 31 and 43 52 and they all have their pluses and minuses so uh, what I found is, yeah, 31 is the best. So looking at the, uh, it has uh, the great permeability, uh, which is like around 1500, but the frequency range is like from one to 300 megs. And it's, um, it's so for a monoband antenna or, uh, or a one-to-one -one ballon, that's the guy to go. I mean, it's pretty much, you can use it from 160 meters all the way up to 220. And, uh, and that's the way to go. The, the limitation is it needs to be a one-to-one -one balance. When you start going into transformation, you need to kind of go into the uh, into a different mix. And so like mix 43 is, uh, so the 31 is made by, it has manganese where the uh, uh, the 43 has nickel. Doesn't The permeability is not as great on that, but its frequency range is like from 25 to 30, 300 megs. So it's kind of more higher in the band. And I think that, uh, and then you have uh, 61 and 73 and uh, 75J. And this was the one I was starting to think about with uh, Wes's issue, what we talked about in the meet and greet on his RFI coming off of his, uh, his inverter and with the power strip. And I'm wondering, because that one has a great uh, range of 150 kilohertz to 10 megs. So it's... Uh, so for in Randall's case, I would say go with the 31 core. It's great that you're building one, that you're building a, uh, uh, a 
you know, a ballon and, um, but just keep it as a one, as a one-to-one ballon and, uh, at least with the 31 mix. All right. Well, there you go. Thank you very much. We have another friend, uh, who asked Joseph, Hey, Christian, do you POTA? It's an acronym for parks on the air. If you're new, any, um, inexpensive headset recommendations. I don't use a headset, but I know there are several out there. I think radio sport, has one that's pretty popular. Uh, Mr. Heil at Heil Sounds has a uh, one that I see a lot of contesters using. I don't know. You mentioned inexpensive. Yeah, now, that's Steve, all relative. those two, those two uh, options are probably not inexpensive. I do parks on the air, but not nearly enough. I, I need to do a little bit more. And we talked a little bit about getting out doing winter field day, field day. We've got some operating events here at 100 watts and a wire. I really would like to. I've activated the arch in St. Louis a couple of times. Grant's uh, home there and uh, the uh, Tra- Lewis and Clark Trail. We have a few around and they've even added some state parks. Uh, it's finding the time, but I certainly do appreciate it. And and Steve and I talk about getting out and operating a uh, portable quite a bit. And it's it's so fun to dream about what we'll do and what we'll put together and you know, can he do a little bit of something there where he is? And I do it on the same day and mm-hmm. kind of getting out and doing these parks. But sometimes uh, life gets in the way and it gets a little bit harder uh, to get out there. So the spirit of POTA is in me, the support of the program. And it's also there for uh, worldwide flora and fauna. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that's an international type of deal, too. And I guess uh, POTA, you could consider uh, international, too. But when that 2016 event took place, uh, through the league national parks on the oh, air that was that was awesome so that was exciting such a great that was so great and to the credit of uh the people at poda they've really picked it up they've built an mm-hmm. infrastructure and it really works people love it i dig it so yes and i wish i could do a little bit more steve you want to comment on uh parks on the air oh that's yeah from 16 that was just fantastic what a year that was in the activity that was on the bands and uh it was just i was when it came to the end of the year i was like oh man can we can just continue it but the poda folks just kept it going it's uh but that uh, first year was awesome got people out and uh that was great and uh so then back to the headset find something that is comfortable that you can wear for hours and that's that's the hard part and uh it's uh you know, and what your environment's going to be. I know you, you mentioned the Heil headsets and, the, and I started thinking of the Pro 7, which is, you know, an expensive headset, mm-hmm. but it's great for, you know, background noise. But, you know, it could get to be a little too much, you know, wearing for, you know, six or eight hours and that, uh, you know, David Clark headset style where it's kind of pushing on your head for the noise cancellation and but, there's uh, a lot of great options out there. I wear yeah, these because I've always wore mm-hmm. these headsets for radio and they're mm-hmm. light enough. They're not the best. They've got a, an, an issue with the cable, not for operating, but to, to do radio work. And there's other ones that are far better. But uh, to your point, Steve, they're heavy. They mm-hmm. uh, sit on my ears. They're not over the ears. They're, you know, after a while, you're like, geez, my neck is feeling. Mm-hmm. So it's a major consideration. And you know, if we knew your budget, we may be able to focus. I don't wear them like that. I wear a headset like this, uh, maybe when I'm out there or a different type of headset, but not one with the microphone. I so mean, when I operate, I just use, you know, a, a 
crash <laughs> just a pair of headphones like this and then then the microphone but uh i got a pro 6 uh that has a boom mic on it and uh so it, it just but after a while you know it gets uh you know i found these to be very comfortable after, you know for hours on end but uh but like a uh, you know david clark or a pro 7 uh, set it'd be a little bit uh you know tiring on the neck and the and the head so um i like the ones they wear in the helicopters you know like mm -hmm. the guys and the, the old ones and they <laughs> refurbish them to work like that but i can imagine after a while your head and your neck are like Good you gotta Lord. find something and then you know yeah there's a ton of them on amazon or and out there you know outside the amateur market uh then then there's interfacing it to your radio and and things like that but you know try if you can get something from uh vendors that are kind of geared for our hobby here then you know interfacing to your radio is uh is going to be a lot easier headsets is that's a big that's a you know personal thing and that's really hard to to say you know what works for me is not going to work for you and you may have hearing uh, differences in hearing and, mm -hmm. and all sorts of different things so great question thank you for uh for asking uh, yeah, we we'd need more testing information and all that sort of thing. There's a lot out there. That's the good the good thing is there's lots a lot of choices. Okay, all right. Matt has a question for us. Aside from access to wider range of frequencies and bragging rights, I'm not seeing a need for little to get an extra license. Thoughts? True. Yeah, it comes down to where you know what do you want to do in the hobby. Where do you want to operate? If uh, if you just happen to be, you know, I'm pretty happy operating in the VHF UHF world and repeaters and uh, and playing around with microwaves and stuff. A technician is fine. It's perfect. You remember, this is your hobby. It's not mine to you know to tell you what to to do. It's do it. Do what you want and. Uh, eh, yeah, having an extra is like, yeah, look at me. The only thing I can say right now is um, if you want to be in the hobby and you're kind of interested in HF, yeah, get the extra, even though you might not operate. But with uh, with the fees coming along, I'd say upgrade to extra when everything is free right now because sooner or later, every time you're going to upgrade, you got to pay your, you know, the VE fee, then the FCC, and if you go, so try to get up there but no it doesn't matter it's it's your hobby you you operate you get the class that you want and be proud of it and uh, and not worry about what others think just because uh, you know i have an extra and you have a technician we're still in the we're still the same it's uh, we're both in the hobby yeah the what we want to do is uh continue to enjoy it we want to continue mm -hmm. to enjoy it i've met hams that have been a ham for over 40 years plus who have their general quite content. The leader of our local Aries team only has his technician. And I say mm -hmm. only because there's three levels and I'm trying to, to say that that's what he enjoys. So, uh, and he's a leader of a, an emergency communication thing, which re really relies on that, that two meter 440. So it really is about what you want to do and why I got my licenses. Uh, it may be different. Again, this is a very, um, to each their own, topic mm -hmm. and show for sure everybody's included do what you like as long as you're not hurting anything and you're operating within your your uh what is it called your license class you know for me yeah. it was different 
it, for me, it was different. I was encouraged early on to keep going. And uh, now that you got your general, great, keep going. And I thought, oh, boy, I just keep going. And you know what? For me, I've got a slight touch of dyslexia and or maybe a, a stroke of laziness at the time. But, you know, looking at the chart to tell where I could go. And I love HF. I love HF. Looking at this chart to try to figure out where I could go and couldn't go. And I would hear these sexy things happening in the extra portions of the band. Mm -hmm. And for me, I couldn't go there. Certainly you can listen. But for me, I was like, I, I want to be able to go there. I want to work Australia and Japan because sometimes they hang out in this portion and I can't go there. You know, and for me, exactly. it was, it was like mm -hmm. motivation enough for me to set and aside. That was my motivation, too. Yeah, it was those DX stations that were down in the extra and they were working split. And it was like, uh, and sometimes they kind of come up into the general portion to where we can work them, but not very often they stayed down there. So that that was my motivation back in the day to to become an extra. But uh, it doesn't matter. It, it I, I don't look at uh, a person just because they have a a, a technician license versus a uh, an extra. Now, I. If you're a technician and operating outside your privileges on HF, then yeah, I might give you a stink eye and stuff like that and not work you, but, uh, and encourage you to upgrade. But, uh, if, if you want to stay a general, perfect. Like I said, it's your hobby. All right. Here's another one here. we got time for a couple more questions here. And I see you in the chat there. I'm waving to everybody. I really appreciate you stopping by. It moves so <laughs> oh, Yeah, fast. he is. <laughs> A question from November 7, Zulu United Mike. Is Christian still enamored enamored with the double bazooka? I would sleep with my double bazookas. I would bring them down and bring them into the bed. And I don't know. My uh, wife might have some. She would. And that's why they're really not in my uh -huh. bed right now. But, man, look up the uh, double bazooka if you're, you know, you're just getting into HF or you're thinking about tinkering with some antennas, MIT. I experimented with this antenna and they were designing it and I enjoy it very much. Um, Steve has built one and the one he built a couple he still has. And, and so I don't have the, the cojones to say, Steve, I need to build you a couple. You I need to build you a one sixty. Yeah. Well, you <laughs> know what? I had one for one sixty, and it was a uh, market, a market one. Mm -hmm. And what happened at the time was I was really playing radio in the trees and I found that that center point, you know, where they connect and those, you know, this is the part here. It's not, uh, let me say it's not like a di unlike a dipole, but I found that those connections, and Steve can speak to this with some authority because he's built them before. This connection at the centerpiece for me seemed very delicate. And mm. I was out with 160 and you know how much wire that is and you know how much I love the band. I was trying to get this thing out of the leaves or stick would get it. And you know what? I ended up killing this thing. I either shorted it out. I'm jerking on too much. You know, it, it became, it became a thing. And I thought, Oh man, I don't know if I should attempt to build, but I know for sure I need to be a little more careful with how I'm playing with these ends. Now that was just my experience. And at the time I had cleared that much, I've uh, cleared a little bit of space for myself now. Some trees have fallen. I've given more space to things. When you built that antenna, Steve, did you find that that, that was a sensitive area or was I just really being too rough? 
no, no, that is a sensitive area. And um, so the two that I built the uh, that are still in service, and I built them, oh, is it probably That's 15, mm-hmm. probably 2015 when I built those. And um, they're still, uh, they're still in service. They're up in the air. They've been, they've been bulletproof. Uh, I've brought them down a few times and they're still holding up. And, uh, and it's the design of the, uh, the double bazooka, that center element. Oh, God, sorry about that. That design of that center piece is um, where it's difficult. And I've tried different styles and uh, come up, but this is a uh, first one that I built and it was just kind of like, cobbled it together seems to work out pretty good i've done some other ones that i've given away and i haven't heard back um whether they're still in service or ever used um i built uh, some for a couple other people uh uh, another one that i've that i've done is i've used a messenger rope so basically i uh used uh some mastering uh, line and then I just tie wrapped the whole assembly to that and that that took the weight and uh, I used a, kind of like a little uh, junction box that I for the uh, the centerpiece and mounted a uh, SO239 uh, connector there and did all the connections inside that and uh, kind of sealed it up but the mess the basically the masterant uh, rope took the brunt and uh it, I used it as like a messenger line. And um, so uh, th- there's been a couple of different ways of doing it. And, uh, but though this one using a, uh, a, uh, a, an antenna kit from DX engineering, it's just kind of a T and then doing my connections, sealing it up and then actually tie wrapping it to it and securing it to there seems to work and been holding out uh, all along. And uh so it's, uh, I just got to take it to another level and, uh, and, but minor and inverted V supported at the center. But the next step is to put it into a flat top and see, uh, how well that will work. And I got to get a couple put together, send it to you because you can do it in the flat top and let's see how that, how it lasts over the, over the time frame. But it's not that hard of an antenna to build, but it's, uh, it, it takes a little bit of doing and, uh, but uh, I, I love them. I think they're great. I uh, just for, but uh, there's others that, uh, you know, they poo poo the double bazooka. Uh, it's a coaxial dipole. A double bazooka, mm-hmm. I feel, is a marketing term that was used for mm-hmm. it, which is totally fine. It is uh, some of its attributes. It's not, it's quiet. It's a quiet, mm-hmm. you know, if you want louder, then maybe you want a standard dipole. You're going to maybe hear more. You know, the I don't know if you'll hear more if I'm saying that right, but the amplitude over the what you're receiving, it's a little loud on a on a dipole. And I find the double bazookas to be a bit, uh, you know, softer, quieter mm-hmm. for me where I am. But yes, enamored very much. And they hold up. Steve's got one five years on now. And I admire mm-hmm. that fact. Yeah. Yeah. You got mm-hmm. two going up there. I, I would look into it if you're curious. Um, and I think I might try a build at some point, but the, the sensitivity factor kind of. So if you're going to buy one commercially, um, IAC makes a really good one. Um, Radio Waves um, uh, makes a, a good double bazooka. And uh, there's a few other um, manufacturers out there. But um, the IAC is a little on the higher uh on the cost side, but, uh, they're highly recommended. I haven't tried one of them, 
but uh, so I have a radio waves and um, it's held up and I've mm-hmm. got a few uh, for different bands, 2040 and 80 meters. Love them. I love them. And uh, Steve makes a pretty good one too. So maybe we'll have to do something <laughs> on that. We'll have to do something on that uh, in the future. Well, thank you there uh, for the question. We appreciate that. We're getting close to the wrap up time. And uh, just a couple of things, a little housekeeping things. Thank you to everyone who came in today and all your conversation in the chat. I really enjoy reading them and interacting with you. It's a different ball game to be able to communicate with you in real time. You're always welcome to join the pre-show meet and greets, which happens before this program. We get together and it's super laid back. This show, um, it has a structure. We got a guy who's serving as a correspondent out there in the snow in 23 degree temperatures. We got to get to him as much as I want to say hello to Rosa. Hello, Rosa and Marty and everybody else who's hanging out. Uh, Edwin, and I see all you guys appreciate it. Thank you for your questions. Uh, they've been coming in and we're compiling them and we get to as many uh, as we can. Some programming notes on Wednesday, seven o'clock central time. I've got loosely scheduled a gathering of the willing. Uh, this Wednesday, we had the, the incident in the Capitol. And I, I pulled the plug on that one, and that was uh, so I could be around and available for my kids who are young or 10 and 6. I have a lot of questions, mm-hmm. and it's really hard to explain that uh, and have these conversations as adults, uh, but to talk to someone who's 10 and 6 and wants to know why things are the way they are, uh, I felt it was uh, best uh, to be with my children on Wednesday, so I put that off. Um, but we'll we'll do that again uh, on Wednesday when uh, better days, hopefully better days are coming. That's what my Polish grandmother would say. Uh, tomorrow night, we have a live stream of the play-by-play, which is really fun. Steve will get on the air uh, along with Ian, and they will be net control operators. And I've been taking calls, too, sometime in the middle, having a great, great time. We're streaming it out. Um, interesting, the propagation, we're hearing propagation reports about sunspots and things changing and, uh, 40 spending the crapper here in, in recent times. I mean, I'm trying to say, I love 40 meters, but I'm sitting on 20 right now because 40 has been like a little, you know, persnickety. And, uh, you know, I hear things Steve might not hear. Steve's hearing things. Uh, we, I may not hear Ian at all on the East coast. So it's it, an interesting uh, round and last week and mm-hmm. all these go on the youtube channel if you're new here by all means go subscribe if you like it poke around the playlist uh last week uh that was nice turned us around and showed us his pan adapter and it was dead flatlined and uh i heard somebody call i think it was and i i put out a call and a couple people came back to me steve couldn't hear any of it and i can always tell steve like propagation is going south when steve's not 10 over coming into Missouri. I can almost always hear Steve, and it's usually both ways that way. Mm -hmm. Ian sometimes on the East Coast, I don't hear him. He comes up, and or Steve may be hearing him. He goes right over me. I'm not hearing it. Uh, Last week, Steve's signal started to drop, and it went below a 5.9, and I'm like, this could be one of those fast nets. You know, Uh this trip's going to end here soon. I'm watching the band just kind of go (laughs) holy crap you know we forgot to do we didn't give away an antenna i'm all jacked up around here today (laughs) i'm all wrong sorry we better take care of that oh yeah we need to get a a winter field day antenna well you know you you decided to go with the old-fashioned dipole on the radio 
that that's a single coming out um it'll never come out i'll never sing that and record that that's enough that that actually just came out but we do an antenna giveaway every week we have four more weeks of that this week we wanted to give away uh a, a dipole that's cut for 40 meters and if you don't need 40 and you want to cut it down to say 20 or even 15 wherever you want to go from that point we're going to be giving you at least a 40 meter dipole 40 meters worth of wire there you go and so our winner for this week and uh, pardon me i kept y'all holding on a little too long <laughs> i should have gave it away at 11 o'clock i never did end the show either i never flipped the sides of the record this week so it's just one big show uh but this week's winner is ed nice Way to go, Ed. P5ORT. <laughs> He's been around um, 100 watts and wire for a good long time. But congratulations yes. to Ed. And and if you win and you can't use it, I know Ed's been in the game for a long time. Uh, having a dipole in your truck or somewhere with you is never a bad idea. Mm -hmm. But uh, if you do win something, and, and I better tell you, put your call signs in the chat now, and I'll hang out a little bit longer here while you put those in. But if you've put your, your call sign in the chat at any time uh, during this broadcast, say this show, you'll be qualified for next week's drawing. But if you win and you can't use it, give it to somebody else. Give it to somebody who may be able to put it up. Uh, be a steward for the hobby and, and pass it on. That's what we mm -hmm. want to do. Congratulations to you at WB5ORT. We're going to let those call signs populate there this is one of those giveaways where you have to be here so it uh it may be in your best interest we're going to keep giving away stuff as we go we're going to figure out what it is i don't know what it'll be in uh we've got four more antennas to give away this month so what do we have left so we have an nfed we have a flagpole which we just gave away a little bit ago mm-hmm we have a 40 meter sky loop. Oh, that's a sky. Is that what it is? A 40 meter oh, loop? 40 meter loop. Yeah. Uh, we have an off center fed dipole. Oh, and what am I? And the dipole. So, since we have the dipole, but those are our options here. So, uh, what are you thinking now? What are you thinking? We I'm should trying to think something for winter field day, which would be. Think in the end, fed. That might be a good takeout into the field, and uh, you just string in one long wire and uh, get your counterpoise going, and and sit in your car and operate. Or put your you call in the chat. I mean, it's great. You don't have to get out there. It's not. I mean, that's the case. I'm a monoband dipole guy myself. Mm -hmm. But when you're out there working portable, you know, you yeah. want to get as many things as you can sometimes, and and it's cold. Good point, Steve. Well, like, like Ed pointed out in uh, earlier in the program, it's that you get more multipliers if you operate more bands. So let's get an antenna out there that you can operate on multiple bands, and uh, you're not li limited to one one band on one antenna. So uh, yeah. let's go with the NFED. Oh, you want to do well, the NFED? Okay. Yeah, let's go with an NFED. Okay, we'll go end fed this time around and maybe I'll off center fed, fed down. Fed next week. The final, yeah. Call signs in the chat. Be here to win it. Uh, now you get your name in there now and you will be qualified to win. All right, guys. Well, 73, please join us tomorrow for the play by play of the Sunday evening HF net. Steve will be back uh, at the controls. Also, Ian NV4C. If you're interested in being a net control operator, uh, give us a join us. 
Yeah, come Love and have you. Really come. We'd we, we'd like to maybe diversify the bands a little bit. We could. Uh, it's fun to pass it around. But let us know if you're interested in that. Steve, thank you so much again, my friend. Thank you. You're welcome. And uh, we'll catch you all again tomorrow. But the big show will be back next Saturday at 10 o'clock. Until then, 73, everybody. 73, all. To join the 100 Watts in a Wire community, visit 100wattsinawire.com.